Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Evil Men. This podcast is really fun because what we do is we discuss evil men throughout the history of time, whatever, books, stories, they could be made up creatures from other novels or movies, whatever. We don't give a shit either. We're just party animals that party all the time. We eat chips. And we drink gin. And I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And I'm James. And right now we're recording this at a cottage we rented in Bob Cage in Ontario. And guess what, Chris? Hell yeah. Last night you made me a fun gin drink and I drank it. And I had chips. I know. We had old-fashioned barbecue chips, Lay's style. We had Hendrix gin. Maynard's gummies. We had Maynard's gummies. And that was after a beautiful salmon dinner. That I made. On the barbecue with asparagus and fingerling (laughs) potatoes. And it's blowing up on Twitter. I mean, I don't know when this episode will come out, but I mean, people can't get enough of this salmon barbecue dinner I made for everybody. you made a beautiful, huge piece of salmon Mm -hmm. uh, with some barbecued asparagus and also some barbecued fingerling potatoes. And Mm -hmm. we, we ate a little late, sort of European style. And we ate so late, and we're so deep in the in the countryside, and the, this house is look is overlooking a sort of stagnant pond mm. that we were joined for dinner by some buzzy little friends named uh, One Zillion Mosquitoes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was actually shocking. Yeah. We were trying to eat outside, yeah. and uh, the food was just swarming with mosquitoes. Better yeah. than flies. Better than flies. I don't like yeah. I don't yeah. like having flies all over things I'm about to eat. Mosquitoes. No. Eh. But it did make me think that um, the famous Tragically Hip song, Bob Cajun, could have used a verse about three friends sharing a fish supper in a cloud of, of insects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Did, what, did he mention that at all in the song? I know it pretty well, but I'm not a big lyric guy. Do you know, do you know Chris? Because I'm not a big lyric guy either. No, I just kind of hum uh, tracks myself. I don't really know lyrics. Like... I don't know. I don't believe in poetry in a weird way. Really? Yeah, it's like, whatever. Everybody can slam some shit together and call it a poetry sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, uh, you're more of a man of action. I'm a man of action. Let me see those fingers go up and down the fretboard of a guitar. Yeah. I understand that. Let me see you pound the skins, make yeah. the drums go boom, 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 like a ancient uh, barbarian uh, tribal dance. Well, when I got here, I got here a little later than Chris and Mike. When I got here, one of the first things Chris did was uh, start playing Ted Nugent. And I went, yeah. well, we don't agree with him politically. No. But I did like the song. What is it? And Stranglehold. Sammy Hagar's band. Montrose. <laughs> we listened to some real... Cottage Rock. Dump in your pants yeah. uh, on a hot day, Sunset Boulevard, 70s rock. Yeah, Mike kept evoking diarrhea imagery as we were listening to this music. <laughs> and mean, also on Hollywood Boulevard. So like, yeah. what did, where does that come from, that original imagery for you? I'm just picturing a guy with you know long or, or teased hair Yeah, on Sunset Boulevard, wearing jeans. He's like... Hey, baby, gotta dump in my pants. And the sun is blazing. <laughs> and he's like... Uh, and you know that feeling when you're wearing <laughs> jeans? You're wearing jeans on a hot day and your legs are sweaty and you have to go poop? I picture them wearing like white tight jeans because of the rock stars of that era. Yeah. And I, the story I put together in my head to justify the diarrhea on Hollywood Boulevard... <laughs> 
thing that you were saying was, well, I bet these rock stars are incontinent at this point because of how many drugs and booze fests they've had. Yeah. And their guts are just ruined, so shit just flies out of their ass beyond their control like 2 p.m. in the afternoon and being like, damn, who's that hot mama driving down Hollywood Boulevard in a red cur- convertible red Corvette? Damn. And they lower their shades and go, oh, yeah. And then they shit their pants and go, oh, crap. Don't look at me, beautiful babe. Have you guys ever... It is It is like distressing when maybe you think you look good or you're having kind of a sexy night. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go to the bathroom a lot. It really ruins your own confidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's not it's not ideal. You know, you dress up in your in your finest outfit and then suddenly your stomach starts rumbling. Yeah, I always go. I forgot something outside. I have to go outside. And then when I leave the party or the fancy restaurant or the Mm -hmm. event, I uh, run as fast as I can (laughs) in the night's. Uh, in, uh, looking for gas station bathrooms or like a donut store bathroom. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Those places feel appropriate to have diarrhea in. Excuse me, sir. I'm yeah. wearing a tuxedo and I'm in a huge rush. May I have the key to your washroom at this gas station? <laughs> Hi, may I please use your bathroom? It's an emergency. You have to purchase something, or you only customers only. You know. Okay, I'll have a chocolate dip donut. Hurry, give me the key. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that one. The other one. The bigger one. That one has a fly on it. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, sir, (laughs) we have to close. (laughs) I'm not done yet. For half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I'm just going to keep your donut on the counter here, but we have to go. Sir, we understand you're trying to uh, uh, <laughs> trying to keep up some sort of elaborate ruse where your dinner party doesn't know where you are and they don't know you're taking a shit in the gas station bathroom, but we have to close. <laughs> yeah, and then you finally go back to the dinner party and it's everybody's way drunker, everybody's dancing. Your date grabs you and goes, where were you? And you have to go, important business. <laughs> I'm a businessman, that's what it was. Yeah, I had to step out for a phone call. It was pretty heavy shit. Yeah, thought I almost lost a client, but I put in the elbow grease, to put in the work. <laughs> really, you just ran across the street to an SO to, to go to the toilet. <laughs> What's your client's name? Mr. Shittington. <laughs> Shittington from Toilet Industries. Uh, Honey, your they phone's... make donuts and toilets. <laughs> the worst imagination. <laughs> Honey, your phone's ringing, and I can see that it's uh, the SO gas station calling you. <laughs> w- what was that about? Uh, looks like I forgot some underwear in the garbage can. <laughs> now, Chris, you haven't told this story on on this podcast before, and if you don't want to do it, that's fine, but you do have a personal story about using a gas station toilet. God, did we not tell it on Evil Men yet? It's it's on a different show <laughs> pilot that we never released. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. are you sure it never came out on this? No, it didn't. It, it didn't. didn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> in my early 20s, I was desperate to be cool in the big city of Toronto. And I'm right. from Toronto, but I'm from a suburban pocket of yeah. Etobicoke, so it's not But now Oh my god, there's a chipmunk eating our crumbs out on the patio. Anyways, I won't get so We're distracted. trying to podcast! Yeah, hey, are you Chip or Dale? Go F yourself. Um, but yeah, I went to this party, 
And it was at this like kind of cool, um, not a studio. What are they called? Loft, loft like party, a- like in an old warehouse. Sort of, but that be turned into cool lofts. Yeah, I can see it now. Down in the sort of east end. Yeah, yeah, down southeast, and then uh, partying and having a great time. My friend Brennan's there with me, and all these pretty girls. Of course, uh, it's just speaking for myself. I like that sort of thing, and uh, I bump into this guy who. I only know from casual conversations at like a vinyl store. He works there and I would go and buy vinyl at that time. So all in all, it's a cool situation, cool party. 100%. Right. Hip, yeah. cool party in Toronto. Yeah. I had jeans on and a t-shirt and Fuck. shoes. It looks cool as hell. I wasn't as I wasn't really bald yet. Okay. You know, I wasn't fat yet. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to paint the picture of how yeah. great I had it back then. Right, right. The world is your oyster. The yeah. world was my oyster, but... Yeah. Boy, this this what happened this night should have been a signifier of things to come for sure. Um, <laughs> I should have known that my luck was running out. Uh, my youth was leaving very fast, faster than most. But the thing is, is I wanted to be cool with this guy, and he's like, "Hey, man, what's up?" I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he's like, passes me a joint that he's smoking, and I'm like, "Sure." And at that point, I kind of quit smoking for a year or two. I wasn't really into it, and then I had a couple tokes. And then it, I was like, thanks, man. And then I instantly made my stomach grumble. Like whatever was being held in my stomach, the fortification on below it had just collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> had you eaten like a, a big or substantial meal before? I can't remember the right. meal. Okay. Like back then I was eating sludge. Like I was a poor young guy with no like, you know, just like an, no diet ideas at all i was an idiot probably i probably ate like a microwavable burrito from the corner <laughs> store and then uh yeah so it was gonna fall out of my butt whatever was happening really fast and so then i go and i look and the only bathroom in this loft party is the door doesn't even have a lock on it and there's all these pretty ladies lined up to use it so it's like not I'm not going to be like, out of my way, babes. And then like <laughs> sit behind a door that's like basically swinging open in the breeze with no lock on it. Going like, oh, help me, Christ. The body of Christ compels you. <laughs> Everything just falling out. Uh, like my butt right. is a chatterbox that needs to say a million things at once. So then anyways, I panic. And I do what we said in the beginning of this episode. I leave the party and I go to a gas station. This is why my joke earlier was so detailed and good. I go to a gas station. Oh, I left this detail out. But as soon as like, yeah, as soon as I smoke the joint, when I talk about the loosening of my guts, like my bowels, I thought i was just going to this is so rude guys i'm sorry but i thought i was just going to pass gas but what happened was the classic like shart and then i was like christ so that's also what i didn't i didn't want to stand in line to use the bathroom at the cool party with all the babes with a shard in my pants it's hard to flirt when you got that. Yeah. 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 It's like, so what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of taking Second City improv <laughs> courses, and there's a bit of shit in my pants. <laughs> what? Uh, hey, <laughs> hey there, darling. Uh, what kind of bands do you like? And yes, uh, there is something in my underwear right yeah. now. <laughs> 
Hey, my name is Chris, and there's a bit of shit in my pants. <laughs> a cool party. Yeah. <laughs> it's wet, and I don't know when the rest of it is going to come any minute now. So then I rush to this gas station and yeah. get the key for the bathroom, go in, and literally stand. I don't want to step on a bathroom floor. So I take my pants off, but I stand on my shoes so my socked feet don't go on the floor, but I can still like take my pants off, take my underwear off, and fucking throw them in the garbage can at the gas station, and then clean up my bum as good as possible. <laughs> Was it like that toilet paper or like that rough, yeah, rough. Uh, towel, like paper towel with wood yeah. chips in it? Yeah, it was like... Is this the best we got? Zombie apocalypse style gas station toilet paper. <laughs> Scratching my ass. And then, yeah, I cleaned up and went back to the party commando and had a great night, actually, till we still partied to the early morning, but nobody knew that uh, I wasn't wearing underwear the whole time. But my butt was clean at that time, and I took care of myself. Did you, do you remember if you told anyone where you had been, or did you just... You know? I think I told my friend Brendan, yeah. Was there like a window from the party where they could see you like running <laughs> to the gas station, and then like sort of casually walking back? <laughs> I'll never know. But you know what? I remember partying on the... There was like a cool roof. It was like the roof of the building. <laughs> And all these nice people were like <sighs> flirting and being nice. So if anyone knew of the tale of what happened, they never said anything to me. But what I like thinking is um, <laughs> like some custodian of the gas station cleaning out the garbage can and finding the soiled boxer shorts of some boy <laughs> in the garbage can. Like who the hell? Like they might have known like it was me. They might have gone in right after <laughs> And been like, it stinks in here. <laughs> it must have been that 20-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah. That cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me use your bathroom. I'm going to party now. <laughs> now did you go... Did you... Do you remember if you like... Um, but can we make this a story about my my ambition and my resilience to, yeah. To, yeah. to have fun? Like, I mean, doesn't that shine out overall? Like, it does. You do run into these situations, yeah. but... What are you going to do? Go home and cry about it and, and feel like a loser? No. no. You adapt and you move forward. You triumphed in the face of adversity and you kept going. <laughs> Did you? I'd like to think that you then... Literally all humans have the uh, a shit as an adversity <laughs> <laughs> to their lit being. Oh, no question. <laughs> Did yeah. you meet a special someone that night, perhaps? When you thought maybe the evening was ruined? Did it then... I don't think so. I think there was like fun flirting, but I never right. hooked up with a girl, no. Right. She would have had quite. She would have thought you were really wild if you did go home with a girl and you're wearing no underwear. She would have been like, "Whoa!" In a lot you're of porn, kinky. though, the guy's not wearing the underwear. The the wang just comes right out of his jeans. Yeah, true. So well, yeah, you're right. I could if, have been that guy, or you could have been like, if, <laughs> if if things had got to that stage, you also could, she also could have been like, "Wow, you're not wearing underwear," and you could have been. Yeah, it's a funny story. I actually shat my pants a little bit earlier tonight, and I had to run to the gas station. But don't worry. Yeah, hey, clean. where are you going, babe? I'm being honest. Yeah, <laughs> but don't worry. I clean myself, so it's fine. Yeah, I clean myself really good. I use, like, gas station's, uh, like, don't pink worry. pearl liquid soap. <laughs> I wipe my I rubbed bum. rubbed it on my butthole. <laughs> Check this bum out. Spook and span. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you're not going to go back around there anyways. You're going to stay up here. 
<laughs> I mean, like, you know, whatever you are into, but, you know. Well, <clears throat> folks, thanks for listening. You know, you might enjoy checking out our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash evilmen. And uh, if you join, you're going to get two bonus episodes a month. <clears throat> we recorded some last <laughs> night, and I'll flat out say, I was... I was drunk, so we're. I'm a little nervous to hear it, but I'm sure it'll be great, and I'm sure it'll be funny. There's lots of laughs, uh, lots of un uncensored, unfiltered, raw comedy and opinions in some of the uh, yeah some of the the bonus episodes we recorded mm-hmm. uh, up here at this cottage. Yeah, I was wasted. Holy moly! Uh, and if you can't, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Today's Tuesday. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> And if you can't uh, do the Patreon, you could rate us and review us. That would be wonderful. <clears throat> you know what I wanted to mention, too? Remember we did the Vince McMahon episode? Yes. Um, and I guess we uh, we were sort of saying wrestling fans are typically right-wing guys. Mm-hmm. You know what? A guy wrote me on Instagram and sent me a chart and said, actually, wrestling fans tend to be among the most liberal of any sports fans. Right there with WNBA, NBA, and women's tennis. Who knew? That's cool. What would you guess is the most right-wing, according to this chart? Like, what sport is the most right-wing fans? Hockey's up there. Yes! College football, golf, NASCAR, hockey. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Because that's interesting, because just in my personal experience of having attended some wrestling matches uh, as a kid or a teenager, I didn't didn't know that's... That that was the uh, the makeup of the wrestling uh, wrestling audience. Apparently, so you know, apologies to wrestling fans out there. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we've talked about a lot of fun topics so far, but are you ready to get to this week's evil man? Yes. Yeah. All right, let me just uh, spin the wheel of evil here and see who it lands on. Bling! Oh, look, it's Chevy Chase. Okay. Oh. You know what? Doesn't scream like an evil man to me, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to learn about this. Well, I was a massive Chevy Chase fan as a little boy. Me too. Me too. Yeah. As uh, I, the the vacation movies. Were oh, love Christmas and vacation. Three amigos as well. Oh yes. But uh, here, more. here we go. Chevy Chase was once named the funniest man in America by New York Magazine. Did you guys know that? In the 70s and 80s, he was on top of the world as Saturday Night Live's first breakout star, going on to box office success in hugely popular movies like Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, and Fletch, and The Three Amigos, and, and many more. But he also left a trail of carnage behind him, gaining a reputation for treating his co-workers badly, and generally, he just behaved like a jerk. Today, we're talking about Chevy Chase, guys. Wonderful intro, Mike. Thank and, you. Uh, interesting. Okay. I have to admit, I don't know a lot of the details as much as you know, but I will say when I got older and I started hearing backstories of Chevy Chase being quite a jerk, it made me upset. Because, yeah, from 80 to 89, he 100% ruled. The 80s were his decade. He and, was, like, yeah. everybody's like, Bill Murray, Bill Murray. And, yeah, Bill Murray ruled. He ruled in... Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, uh, maybe Scrooge, but like Chevy Chase was way more the draw. Honestly, he was bigger at the time, in my opinion. Three Amigos, I saw like twice in the theater. Fletch, Spies yeah. Like Us. 
But their legacies the are movies. so totally, totally yeah. different. Where everyone, I yeah. mean, Bill Murray's like universally beloved. And he's like curated that you know fun loving uh, image. I think that's Chevy what it is. Chase is just. I think in the true. late nineties, like after Rushmore and stuff, I was like, mm. and Royal Tenenbaums, I was like, why can't Chevy Chase have like a later in life <laughs> renaissance like that? And then the Saturday Night Live book came out, and then all the stories started coming out, and you're like. Although oh crap, he kind of did with Community, but we don't want to override but even yeah. then, when he was pulled, Sorry, yeah, he was back. pulled back out of obscurity by Dan Harmon. Even then, Chevy Chase ruined the whole damn thing, blew it up. Interesting, yeah. So um, let's get started with uh, at the beginning of, of Chevy's life here. So he was born in uh, 1943 in Manhattan, New York oh, City. He's cool. a boomer, um, but he grew up in Woodstock, New York. Hey, sweet. Can yeah. I ask, Mike? Apologies if you're going to get to this. What the hell does Chevy stand for? Does it, do you know? He uh, made up his own. He made. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, do you know? It's. I, I heard. I'm reading here. It was a, a nickname given to him by his grandmother from a an old uh, medieval English ballad called the Ballad of Chevy Chase. Uh, Chase, because his real first name is Cornelius. Oh my God! He must he's, have been rich. Well, he's a like a true. American blue blood who can trace his family roots back to the literally to the Mayflower. Holy shit! He's a sixteenth, sixteenth uh, generation New York, fourteenth generation New Yorker. His family's been here since uh, the beginning of uh, the colonial era, basically. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and he has that attitude about him. Yes, mm. he's a blue blood, and he sort of he do, it does come across like I don't know it does, class stuff doesn't determine everything, but he seems to really treat people like just bugs. <laughs> Can you tell me, like a plebe like me, what blue blood means? I I've heard it before, and I get what it's alluding to, but I don't know the origin of what it means. I believe, and listeners might get mad. I think it has something to do with inbreeding in. Royal families where, among other like things like the Habsburg jaw or like uh, hemophilia, all the inbreeding caused some sort of blood problem, blue bloods. This is why Mike is such an integral part of the podcast. I, I would not know that, and neither would you, but Mike knows these things. This is what... Okay, so here I'm just going to point out to the listeners who aren't familiar with us so uh, so much as people, as individuals. This is what it's like mentally and physically. James is skinny. Mike is in great shape with muscles, and I am fat. <laughs> James is kind of smart. Mike's really smart, and I am dumb. <laughs> Basically, I'm the fat, dumb guy of this podcast. Mike is the perfect one. He's the smartest one with the most muscles, and James is kind of like an average thing. What do you think, James? Well, yeah, I don't think true. that's true. I mean, yeah. well, yeah. I don't know. You just don't want all that responsibility on your shoulders, Mike, but that is true. You take good care of yourself mentally and physically. Well, and I am just a trash bag blowing in the breeze. No, it's no, not no. true. It's it not is. True. It's okay. Um I think so anyway, I'll, I'll Are you looking up blue blood? I am looking up his- So red blood means that you're a poor piece of shit. Blue blood is a literal translation of the Spanish sangre azul. This was the designation attributed to some of the oldest and proudest families of Castile, who claimed never to have intermarried with Moors, Jews, or other races. So it has an origin in racial purity. So it's very white and waspy. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you know, you ever see those really? You ever see those really rich (laughs) white people? 
where their noses and their to- their cheeks almost are like translucent. It mm-hmm. almost looks and they're like oily, like they're like you can almost see their like they're so white you could see their blue veins in their face and their nose almost looks like it's been buttered by margarine. Do you kind of know what I mean? <laughs> Not really. You see but... old people like that in Florida a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyways, that's probably what Chevy Chase's family background looked like. <laughs> yeah, he comes from, let's put it this way, he comes from <clears throat> very wealthy, privileged, you know, uh, aristocratic-ish background. His uh, also comes from like a great fortune. I think his uh, grandmother was part of the Crane fortune, the like bathroom fixture ma- manufacturer's Crane. Oh, cool. And his father then married into the Folgers coffee dynasty. So he's not, uh, you know, begging on the corner for change. Here. Right. Um, his, so basically, was he a jerk because he had the world at the tip of his fingers? I don't know if it's as cut and dry as that, but it certainly doesn't make this group of people look very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his dad was a Princeton-educated book editor and magazine writer. His mother was a concert pianist. So he can't, he grew up in like a cultured, you know, uh, mm. well-off, privileged family in Woodstock, New York. I wish my mother was a concert pianist. Jesus Christ! I never saw her, see her touch one piano. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, there's no real. No wonder I'm so screwed up. All the time I was growing up as a kid, I never seen you touch one piano. Yeah. <laughs> I dare you to touch one piano key. <laughs> <laughs> so Chevy Chase, young boy, uh, he went to a series of private schools uh, where he became known and gained a reputation as a practical joker who uh, excelled in physical comedy, uh, which played a big part in his uh, TV and film life. He avoided the draft because he was, uh, you know, prime age to serve in the army during the Vietnam War. He claimed on an appearance on the Pat Sajak talk show that he lied to the uh, to the draft board and, and claimed to be a, to have quote homosexual tendencies, and so they uh, they excluded him from being in, eligible to fight in Vietnam. Ha ha ha! That's so funny. What a funny guy. Yeah. Yeah, what's the practical jokes this rich boy is pulling? Uh, oh, hiding someone's Fabergé egg? Apparently he put a cow in his dorm room or something, and he got oh. kicked out of I don't know, stupid... Uh, mm. That's awesome, though. Jokes. The story, you get to tell the story for this, your dumbass <laughs> life. I put a cow in a guy's room one time. Man, I'm a jerk. And no one will work with me. <laughs> <laughs> So just yeah. before we get to his the launch of his his uh, amazing career in show business, he um, is connected to a famous band. Uh, as a young man, he played in a band called The Leather Canary with two men named Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, who, of course, Chris, you know, they went on to found Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Make the night a memorable thing. Imagine if Chevy Chase had stayed with those guys. The the history of Steely Dan would have been uh, wow. a little bit different. Yeah. So he's a p- pretty artistically talented. He played organ and drums and he sang. Um, huh. And he claims to have perfect pitch as well. Mm. Which is should be a red flag when people go around claiming that they're, they have perfect pitch musically. Yeah. If you say you're perfect at anything... You know, you're weird. Yes. Um, That's my H.O. Yeah. So, Chevy, get it together. Chevy, call us. In uh, how do you you guys are looking at me, you're like, we're bored to hear about his his youthful days. I don't. I'm looking out the window at the beautiful river. (laughs) Yeah, 
we can I'm, look at a river. I'm, interest, I'm, yeah. I'm wrapped. So here's... He, no, I'm interested. His showbiz career started in the late 60s. He uh, wrote some spoofs for Mad Magazine. Then he got a job writing on a Smothers Brothers uh, comeback TV show. Why do the rich boys always take all the good comedy jobs? Well, things have changed, Chris. This was the 70s. That doesn't happen anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 70s, he became a writer on the uh, and cast member on the National Lampoon Radio Hour, where he met... John Belushi, Gilda Radner, Bill, and Brian Doyle Murray. So this is where he first meets Bill Murray, who's a man who he will go on to have uh, several clashes with over the years in a sort of uh, long, long-burning long feud. Interesting. In 1975, he became a writer, and then at the last minute, part of the cast of the first season of NBC's Saturday Night Live. And he basically acted like he was the star of the show, even though it was an ensemble cast, right? The not-ready-for-primetime players. He was the breakout star... Uh, from the get-go, it seems, and he, he's the one who introduced the famous saying, live from New York, guess what? Guess what time it is? It's Saturday night. He introduced that, huh? He said it on almost um, every episode of the first season, yes. Wow. And he uh, hosted and wrote Weekend Update and became famous for his uh, klutzy impression of President Gerald Ford. Always fallen down. I remember that. Mm. Yes. And that caused problems for him, almost like Jerry Lewis, where he was like so... Uh, dedicated to physical comedy that he like hurt his back and he had to rely on painkillers and that that becomes a sad, a sad feature of chevy chase's life wow yeah. Yeah. i didn't even get that joke like i guess it was just a joke at the time that gerald ford fell over a lot he, he tripped and fell down the stairs of air force one in austria okay so it was a news story that then chevy so then chase, that was just the thing that yeah was false huh. it was a klutz okay poor gerald ford that must have been so painful to watch Saturday Night Live every weekend <laughs> and be reminded of that fall down the stairs. Yeah. I wonder if he ever held a meeting with the CIA to have Chevy Chase assassinated to save his <laughs> honor. <laughs> I'm Chevy Chase and you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he, yeah, he was the original anchor of Weekend Update. And in a, I read that in a 2015 interview, Chevy Chase said... Uh, he was asked, what do you think of The Daily Show and The Colbert Report? And Chevy Chase basically took credit for inventing the format of The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. <laughs> he said, uh, quote, I started it. Fake, like a funny take on the, on the news. According to his brain, huh. he invented the concept of, of news satire. Yes. Wow. Um, well, who... Just to counter, because Chevy Chase is probably listening to this and probably upset up to this point, who would have come before him satirizing news? Lenny Bruce or Mort Saul? People like, like not sketch comedy shows, but like, who was the guy who was like read the newspaper and make jokes? Is that? Oh, yeah. Mort Saul or? Uh... Mm, I remember what you're talking about, but I don't want to commit to it being Mort Saul. Right. But well, he was it on Smothers Brothers? That bit? I don't, I don't know. But people had, I think people had satirized the news. Surely. Yeah. It's not like a, it feels like an obvious thing yeah. to do. Yeah. So, uh, so he's the breakout star of SNL. Uh, and then in 1975, New York Magazine puts him on the cover with the headline, Funniest Man in America. And uh, the magazine predicted that within six months, he'd be guest hosting The Tonight Show when Johnny Carson was away. But Chevy Chase then started a feud with Johnny Carson by saying he wasn't interested in that job uh, because he said, quote, I'd never be tied down for five years interviewing TV personalities. Whoa, Chevy, arrogant right from the get-go. Yes, and uh, Carson said, he shot back and said, 
He couldn't ad-lib a fart after a baked bean dinner. Whoa, not a great insult by Johnny. But... <laughs> From a different era. Yeah. I really do think Johnny Carson was super funny, though. Yeah. But yeah. I also thought Chevy Chase was super funny. You know, different, you know, maybe just, yeah, different era, different style oh, of comedy. Different trucks for fart. different fucks. Yeah. So he's a huge star, and then uh, halfway through the second season of SNL, he just leaves the show. He ends his, he, after his contract was up, and that, that pissed off Lauren Michaels. So that's pretty wild because you do associate him as like part of that original crew, but he was only on the show for a year and a half. Year and a half, and uh, yeah, he left to do some like TV specials for NBC for a ton of money, but he he pissed off everyone by walking out on the show. Wow. Yeah. And him and Lauren were like best buds, right? Yes. He he also dropped his agent that they shared when he left the show, which also pissed off uh, his agency. Wow. Yeah, he went from Brillstein to, like, Williams, what are they called? William Morris? William Morris. He's replaced by Bill Murray. Uh, Ah. Woo! Who he already knew. And uh, there's a bit of a rocky relationship. There's tension there. Um, He left then. he, He started doing movies. And I guess his first big hit was a movie called Foul Play in 1978. With Goldie Hawn. Yeah, and he turned down Animal House to do the movie Foul Play, the part of Eric Otter Stratton had been written for Chevy Chase. I thought it was written for... Oh, yeah. And there was another part, like, the biker guy was written for Dan Aykroyd. Oh, okay. Is Eric... Who's Eric? The Oh, the snobby kid. I'm guessing he's the handsome... Like the blue, shitty the, guy, the prep kid, I think. Yeah, the yeah. prep guy who runs the other. That's a bad move, though. He would rather do Animal House than I've never heard of Foul Play. So Foul Play was a big hit, but yeah, I hadn't really. I watched it. It's okay. It doesn't have the same place in like comedy movie history as mm-hmm. obviously as um, Animal House. Hmm. But um, he followed followed his gut. Um, so. He returned in season two of SNL to do some uh, guest hosting or some, uh, some cameo appearances. And while filming an episode <clears throat> in 1978, he got into a fist fight with Bill Murray backstage in John Belushi's dressing room. You, you must know this story, sort of. I just but, know that Bill Murray punched him in the face. Yeah, so Chevy Chase was back to host and he was acting kind of stuck up and ordering people around. Uh, Bill Murray didn't like the way he was treating people and he told him to... Uh, something like you should go home and fuck your wife. I guess there had been rumors that Chevy Chase's marriage was like a bit rocky. Oh yeah, because that's a confusing insult. Yeah, go home and fuck your wonderful wife. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I think I will. I'd be like, eh, I will, I will. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, Bill Murray made a comment about his troubled marriage, and then Chevy Chase was like, "Your your face looks like something Neil Armstrong would have landed on," and he made fun of Bill Murray's uh, pockmarks, pockmarked face. Wow. And then next thing you knew, fists are flying, and this is like just before the show is going to air, backstage, uh, and they're like yelling, "Like, mm-hmm. don't hit my face, don't touch my face," and um, yeah, it was very tense. No one liked it, and he was resented for that. Uh, but he just went right out on stage, Chevy Chase, and did the monologue. Like, your face looks like the moon. Your face, you go home, fuck your wife. He couldn't ad lib a fart after a baked bean dinner at, uh, with his beautiful wife. All these weird, lame dad style insults. Yeah, it's true. They are pretty lame. <laughs> but the, the Bill Murray pockmark face thing apparently is part of a pattern in his life where he has a 
insane gift for just like zeroing in on the one thing that someone is self-conscious uh, about and yeah. just like needling it or like going for it yeah and uh breaking he, people down calls people ugly fat gay whatever yeah so so in 1980 he, he moves on he's doing a movie called caddyshack big hit uh huge it's, it's about golf and the men who love it uh it was directed by harold ramus oh I, sorry i was wrong and it was written by douglas kenny harold ramus and brian doyle murray okay yeah bill's brother um, after that, uh, Chevy Chase had a brush with death on the set of a film called Modern Problems. Have, have you either have you never heard movie? of it? No. There was a sequence where he was pretending to have a daydream um, where he thought he was a plane, and he had lights all over his body. The lights malfunctioned, and a current passed through his arm and back and neck muscles, and he was almost electrocuted to death. Jeez. Caused more pain. More reliance on um, painkillers. Okay. And he was also doing nose stuff. Oh, uh, you lost me. I'm talking about, how how does Steely Dan refer to it? Cocaine. The fine (laughs) Colombian. (laughs) Okay, so he's on painkillers. He's doing cocaine. He's arrogant. He's rich. But he's starting to rack up his huge hits. Caddyshack, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation in 83. 85 is Fletch. 85 as well, Spies Like Us. Mm-hmm. 86, Three Amigos. 89, Christmas Vacation. So he was just 80s, nailing it. One after another, all these movies were basically huge. As mm-hmm. you were saying, he was like box office champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. 80s. Yeah, it was like Chevy Chase, John Candy, maybe like Bill Murray, Steve Martin, then like Martin Short, you know? Yep. But yeah, definitely Chevy Chase and John Candy were the kings. Yeah. John Candy as well, universally beloved, unlike uh, Mr. Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, John Candy, Canadian. What's up? Woo! He's a fucking Canadian. In 1986, Chevy Chase, um, he had to go to the Betty Ford Center for treatment of prescription painkillers because mm-hmm. it got out of hand. Uh, this is from all the falls he had done as Gerald Ford and almost dying on the sh- set of that movie. Is the Betty Ford Clinic mostly like a sanatorium for celebs? Like, do they just sit by a pool with like lo- like cucumbers on slices on their eyes? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, it does feel like a real like early '90s joke to be like, "Oh, you're gonna find that guy at the Betty Ford Clinic." Like, it felt like yeah. it was a real. Chevy Chase couldn't get healed at the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> if, uh, you know, I can't end the joke. <laughs> Chevy Chase couldn't get uh, healed at the Betty Ford Clinic if he had a baked bean dinner the night before. Yeah, 1986, uh, Chevy Chase checks himself into the Betty Ford Drug Clinic for uh, treatment for his prescription painkiller addiction. Uh, I, that obviously comes from all the, the pratfalls as, as President Gerald Ford. Isn't that funny? Gerald Ford's wife opened the clinic that treated Chevy Chase for his pain caused by impersonating Gerald Ford. Whoa. That's weird. I find um, a lot of these stories have people addicted to pain pills. I want to try one of these pain pills and see what's so great about them. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> I mean, it, they, I mean it, people love them, it seems like. Yeah. It's a real epidemic right now, so you can just walk out there and get washed away in the stream pretty easily, I think. What do you mean? <laughs> like, the stream of pain pills? Yeah, like Oxycon, you can probably get it anywhere and all that kind of stuff. What's, oh. the, what's the other kind of stuff? I think that's the one. That's the main, the okay. main guy. Oxy. Mm-hmm. I remember Oxyclean, the acne medication, which yep. I used. Oxypads. Yep. Yeah, and you got addicted to that. 
I did. I did. <laughs> I remember uh, staying over at a friend's once, uh, and I brought oxy pads, and he made fun of me when I was a teen. Did you cry? No, but he thought it was a bit lame, which I guess in retrospect it was. Well, you did. I mean, a man, there's nothing lame about a, a boy taking care of his face. It was at like a field party in rural Ontario. And <laughs> there's all these sort of crappy kids. Who's a fancy boy who doesn't want acne? Honestly, it was like that. Weird. Anyway. So let's get to. So, so far, everything we've learned about Chevy Chase. He's on the upswing. Everything's going his way. You know, he mm-hmm. knows the men in Steely Dan. He's fighting with Johnny Carson. He's in all these great movies. People are encouraging him to make love to his wife. Yes, 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 yes. But suddenly the 80s are over and he's not the king of the darn castle anymore because the 1990s were not a great decade for Mr. Chevy Chase. Uh, he was in a series of flops, movies like Do Any of These Ring a Bell? Nothing But Trouble, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, or Cops and Robert, uh, Cops and Robertsons. I, I, I saw Invisible Man and Cops and Robertsons both sucked. What did you think? Oh, okay. The Invisible Man one was brutal. I remember that. Thinking right. like, oh, it's Chevy Chase. He's invisible. This is going to be so funny. Right. <laughs> was I wrong? I remember all of those three movies coming out because, like I said, in the 80s, I was such a huge fan of Chevy Chase. And so I look forward to any other new movie. But um, <clears throat> so my birthday party, we actually, me and my friends went to see Nothing But Trouble. And another like hook of that movie was, well, I, I think John Candy was in it too. And Dan Aykroyd. Oh, did and, Chevy Chase play an old man or something? No, Dan Aykroyd oh, did. Oh, Dan Aykroyd did. Yeah, and Demi yeah. Moore was in it, I think. Ooh, she was but the thing is, is Digital Underground, who were blowing up at the time, made the soundtrack for it and performed in the movie do you remember them with no humpty hump and shock g oh okay yeah Yeah. they were big at that time and they made a song from that movie called all around the world same song (laughs) but anyway so you're so psyched it's like oh my god this is chock full of the hottest comedians like we were just saying dan Uh, Aykroyd's only film direct uh, he the only film he ever directed he directed it yeah good god um yeah so like it was so ugly and confused and terrible. It was like a really ugly, confused version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, basically. Hmm. It, it, and uh, yeah, I remember it was my birthday movie choice. And me and my friends left the theater <laughs> being like confused and not talking about the movie at all. Like, what the hell? You know what I remember not liking about Nothing But Trouble is that so many times in the movie, all the characters would stop and then Dan Aykroyd's character would make them a Caesar. With crystal head vodka, yeah. and they mm-hmm. would just talk about how they like the Caesar and they enjoy yeah. drinking Caesars, and Caesars are back. And I don't know, it just b- b- messed up the flow for me. It, it was the, the beginning flow. of that. Yeah, and he'd also sometimes just look in the camera and say, you know, have you experienced paranormal activity in your life? <laughs> and then he put a phone yeah. number on the screen. And he mm-hmm. wanted to hear your stories because he's very interested in ghosts and goblins and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And dead remember, on, also at the end of Nothing But Trouble, they're about to reveal like the big climax. And then Dan Aykroyd does that 10-minute monologue about the Avro Arrow. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was weird. It was his own personal, yeah, I think, uh, pet project. And he got to... Uh, Instill all that stuff in the middle right. of it. Yeah, his three passions: Caesars, the paranormal, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Avro Arrow. I know, the and movie? also like riding the coattails off of funnier friends. But the thing is, is <laughs> it was the beginning of the uh, Mott's Clamato Caesar Crystal Head Vodka shit, whatever the hell he's doing now. But I, I don't know if anyone listening, like if you are a hardcore Dan Aykroyd fan, like the three of us, the new 
uh, Ghostbusters sequel starring, I think it's the Children of Egon. Um, in the trailer, if you look closely as Ecto-1 is ripping through the silent cornfields in the middle of nowhere, you can see um, there's a little table in the cornfield with a Caesar on it. <laughs> and that's just a nice little like that's wink cool. for Dan Aykroyd. That's very yeah. cool. I bet you he shows up at the end of the movie and drinks a Caesar with the kids. That's fine. You can make virgin Caesars for kids. I do. Yeah, absolutely. With my nieces and nephews. Heard you guys had some ghost trouble in this small town recently. You How know? about a Caesar then? That was a good impression of his voice. Thank you. Crystal head vodka. I don't know. Is <laughs> wow. that good, Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, Thanks. I've never like tried it's to do good. his voice. Thanks, guys. Okay, so Chevy, another Canadian, absolutely from Kingston. May I just say nothing but trouble. Trouble. The film currently on Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating of thirteen percent. I don't know if you Damn. guys know Rotten Tomatoes, but that, that's not that's, that's not good. Not good. Yeah, 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 that's rotten. Um. So yeah, he made some some flop, flippity flops. Uh, even the 1997 Vegas vacation failed to excite moviegoers, you know? Yep. That's when you know, hold on, things aren't going my way. I remember being disappointed by that one. Right. And it didn't have National Lampoon, Lampoons over the top of it. No? No. It was just, uh, okay. Did it? I don't know. I don't remember. I might be wrong, sorry. But yeah, the public didn't need any more Clark Griswold uh, by... I mean, this is 1997, a few years before 9-11, a few years after we lost Kurt Cobain. So. One year after Pinkerton was released by Weezer. Yeah, the Pinkerton generation didn't care yeah. about Clark Griswold. They didn't. They didn't. They heard the Blue Album, and they heard Pinkerton, <laughs> and they all the B, wonderful B-sides, and they thought, oh, yeah. oh no, we're done with, with Clark. Vegas Vacation came out in 95? Uh, 97. That's not one year after losing Kurt Cobain. A few years, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, go back 15, 30 seconds, and, and you, you can hear for yourself. Um, <laughs> soon he was doing Sorry. so poorly at the box office that some of his movies weren't even getting widely released in America. Uh, yeah. Movies like, I've never heard of, Vacuums, Rent-A-Husband, and Goose. Oh, those sound like Jesus shit. Christ. <laughs> Vacuums, Rent-A-Husband, and Goose. I'm here to promote my new movie called... Vacuums. <laughs> oh my god! I've literally those. never heard of those. We should watch those at this cottage. I oh. thought I f- knew, like, because I know he showed up in some Disney movies as like a dad or oh, something. Maybe that's what they're. But could but not. But I don't remember those titles at all. Rent a husband sounds really dumb, and you could already imagine the story. Some think, woman who yeah. needs a date or something <clears throat> rents a husband, and then they fall in love. I guarantee you. Anyway, yeah. I only wanted to rent you, but now I want to live with you the rest of my fucking life. So the premise. <laughs> you guys want to hear the premise of vacuums? Yes. <laughs> so it's from 2002. Um, here it is. It's not even. There's no link to it on Wikipedia. I had to Google it, and there's something came up here. Uh, chaos strikes when a corporate spy tries to steal a vacuum prototype. Oh, sounds like My we got a Star God. Wars on our hands. Sounds like someone read Graham Greene and then got bonked on the head with a frying pan. <laughs> um, the thing is, is we haven't fully, or you haven't, we haven't fully clearly illustrated the exact real jerkishness stuff that led to his downfall. Like, right. it must have been worse, right? Like, he was mean spirited and is jibing, and so I'm. I can get to that now. Like the yeah, in the nineties he. Uh, in 1997, he was banned for life from ever coming back to host Saturday Night Live. So he had hosted about eight times between leaving the show and then 1997. And a few things happened. Um, 
when he in 1985 he was a guest host and this is have you guys heard this so robert danny jr was a cast member in the 1985 year oh yeah and chevy chase asked him uh oh hey didn't your father used to be a successful director whatever happened to him boy he sure died you know he sure went to hell jeez <laughs> what is his problem why would he say that he also so there was a gay he's an angry man there was a gay yeah. cast member that year called Terry Sweeney. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of. And uh, Chevy Chase, like, while he was hosting that week, he, uh, he turned to, to Terry Sweeney and he said, oh, you're the gay... So keep in mind, he's just the guest host. These people all have, like, an established vibe and right. routine. Probably a decade or two younger than him. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you're the gay guy, right? I've got an idea for a sketch for you. How about we say you have AIDS and we weigh you every week? What the hell? He's just like his character on Community in real life. Like that's the kind of thing he would say. Yes, and then Lorne made him apologize to Terry Sweeney, yeah. and Terry Sweeney said that he looked furious that he had been forced to apologize oh, for saying that. What a jerk! Then why is he so angry? Why is he so mad and cruel? I don't. I, I guess he's. I mean, who knows why people behave the way they do? But he. Maybe just thinks everyone thinks what he thinks is funny is funny. Could right. Be. Okay. He's never suffered anything to know what it's like to not come from a. I don't know. Yeah. Not a Cornelius Chase. <laughs> yeah. From Manhattan. But in 1997, he got a lifetime ban. They still had him back even after this shit that had happened a decade earlier. Uh, so Chevy Chase is currently banned from SNL for life for something that happened when he guest hosted in 1997. That week. He slapped cast member Cherry O'Terry on the back of the head. Are you kidding? And then said it was a joke. And also at the show's first uh, meeting for the week, he told a female writer, hey, maybe you can give me a hand job later. What? That's crazy. He's out of control. He just slapped her and then said, he, you know what? Like, I feel Was like- he on in 97 to promote vacuum? <laughs> Trevi, <laughs> if you keep this up, we won't let you promote vacuum. Can you give me a hand job? Yes, that's right. I am the man from vacuums. <laughs> he is the only. Um, he is allowed to appear on SNL still, just not host it. Yeah, I read that somewhere. So he was. I guess they softened the lifetime ban, but uh, yeah, he's the only because like for big anniversaries, he's shown up because he's shown up to do their like you're part of the 15 times club or whatever when they do that joke about like hey we're all yeah. wearing smoking jackets. I'm an asshole. Yeah. Wow. Um, he also <clears throat> has slapped at least one other person, the uh, comedian Rob Hubel. So this is not an SNL story, but mm-hmm. uh, at the UCB Theater, I assume, in New York. Mm-hmm. Is that where the show Ask Cat was? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Rob Hubel was performing, and he was a huge... Uh, Chevy Chase was supposed to do a thing on the show, and uh, everyone was like, oh, he's a legend, he's here. And um, Rob Hubel says that he was a, you know, a huge Chevy Chase fan, uh, he knew all the words to Fletch and Caddyshack, and um, he introduced himself to Chevy Chase and told him how much he loved him, and Chevy Chase just slapped him across the face, and he says, he didn't say anything, he just looked at me for a second and belted me. It was really hard, offensively hard. That, I mean, you know That's what? Psychotic. Don't you feel like you know <laughs> Unhinged. someone? I, I feel like, like you, you meet people occasionally in life who have this weird, mean, mean sense of humor that or it's probably them working out some mean stuff, but they play it off as like, what? It's a joke. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. Really strange. Mm-hmm. 
I would that's never what I mean. slap like, someone who compliments. I wish me. we could know, like, <laughs> imagine like his I mom love you. or <laughs> like, dad Matt, beat him all the time, or I don't know. Matt, like, you know, we get people write us nice tweets and things that they like the podcast. Imagine we went to their homes and slapped them. Yes. Yeah. At Duncan, I don't know. Imagine we went to his place in Mississauga and slapped the guy. <laughs> I just want to say, I imagine would, Adrian I slapped us. We'd be dead. We'd be dead. <laughs> He's strong. All three, just one slap. All three of us in a row. Yeah. We'd just be smushed across the wall. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. I wish I was as strong as Chevy Chase. So this kind of behavior, these are these are like reported, documented uh, cases of him slapping or insulting or saying crazy shit, and some of it is in that uh, live from New York. Uh, book the oral history of Saturday Night Live, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, where everyone basically is like, he's an asshole. We hated when he was around. When at the end of the show, we would hide so that we didn't have to like go to the party with him and stuff. Like people just didn't wow. want to be around him. Um, which leads to there was a lot of ill will. And in 2002, there was the famous Comedy Central roast of Chevy Chase. Have you? I never want to watch it. I don't it's know too uncomfortable about it. to me. So he was so. I don't really like roasts in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So he, but, a, you know, he wasn't Mister Popular to the point that I think only one former SNL cast member attended. Uh, Al Franken was there, um, and it was noted for the unusually mean. Uh, tone, even by the standards of Comedy Central roasts. Do you guys okay, want to hear how some? How did they get him? Yes, I do. I want to hear some of the, the darn jokes. I want to hear how they got him. Yes. So Greg Giraldo um, was there. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, he explained during the roast that he couldn't dream of Chase's career, quote, making three great movies and 40 crappy ones. You've made 40 movies, and Al Franken is the biggest movie star who showed up? An O.J. roast would have had more star power. <laughs> That's okay. Al Franken... Mm-hmm. Uh, said Chevy's an uh, Chevy's an arrogant Chevy, Chevy's an arrogant prick, hmm. and he made fun of Chevy's addiction to back pills, <laughs> 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 and how he once tried to buy an entire kilo of back pills. <laughs> but the simplest and most cutting joke came when he said, "No one laughed harder than Chevy when the town of Chevy Chase, Maryland, tried to change its name to Not Funny Maryland." Okay. Oof. There's a great one though. He can uh, improvise a fart, right? <laughs> uh, Richard Belzer, I think, has the funniest one. Um, Richard Belzer, the uh, sunglasses wearing guy from what show? Homicide. Homicide. I think he always wears a black leather jacket too. Must be a right. punker. So mm-hmm. he he said this at the, at the roast. He said, "The only time Chevy Chase has a funny bone in his body is when I fuck him in the ass." <laughs> Uh, wow. Roasted. That is you. Just, that is a true roast. You are watching Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> you just got roasted up the A. This week on uh, Roast, Richard Belzer makes a joke about fucking Chevy Chase. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! How do you live with yourself being Chevy Chase or Richard Belzer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so, a good guy. At this point, Chevy Chase's stock had dropped pretty, uh, you know, pretty low. He wasn't getting a lot of work. He uh, he did make a guest star appearance on an episode of Law and Order as an anti-Semitic murder suspect. Hmm. I wonder if he had to do a lot of preparation to get into the mind of of that type of character. <laughs> dun, dun. He just improvised. He walked on set, and they're like, "Oh, what, what he just said off the top of his head worked." Let's just use it. We in didn't the... originally intend to be yeah. anti-Semitic, but I guess we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. He keeps babbling about us controlling the media. Uh, I guess it works with the story. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he uh, he did return to movie making in 2006 in the Tim Allen Courtney Cox film Zoom, though that was a critical and commercial 
failure. Things got so desperate that he started doing a Swedish sitcom. What? Are you <laughs> called kidding? Help. Help. H-J-A-L-P. No way. Yeah. Really? When was this? 2009. Wow. That's crazy. Just before Community. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd yeah. be like if, you know... Bill Murray was doing a Canadian CTV sitcom or something, right? Like, that's crazy. It's like, didn't one of the Baldwin brothers do a Canadian Yes, show? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it does happen, but it's still just surprising. Different language. Yes, that's a that red makes it weird. flag, right? Yeah. If you, you, if you had been considered your generation's biggest star, and then suddenly you're such a problem that you're, like, booking your flight to Stockholm to do a TV show yes. in a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. He made appearances on uh, then uh, Family Guy. He's in Hot Tub Time Machine. But did you know there was a 2015 final installment in the Vacation series called Just Vacation? No. Oh, wow. If I remember, it's very vague. I hadn't heard of it. I think it sort of disappeared. But But is that the remake where Ed Helms is the star? Possibly. All I know is that Clark Griswold is just a cameo character. Yeah, I think he's like Ed Uh, Helms' dad, and Ed Helms is rusty all grown up. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. this one is the yeah, highest. And I think grossing. Beverly D'Angelo is in it too. Is she? As okay, they're still t- together. It, it, it was the highest grossing still together, yeah. of all the vacation movies. It made a hundred and four million dollars worldwide. That, made more booyah. Than all the other ones. Bizarre. And he's not the star of it at all. No. He's like goodbye, Rusty. He just comes on and punches Rusty in the <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Hope you die. Um. So things uh, are what? It's a joke. I hope he dies. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, what did I do? What was so wrong about me saying I hope the cast member dies? <laughs> Trevor, you can't. Why would he slap Cherry O'Terry in the head? That's psycho. Yeah. A coworker. Just slap her in the back of the head. Yeah. Hello, I'm Chevy Chase. Like Hi. He slaps you. I'm the. I was the first star of this show that you're currently on. Yeah, really? God. Not cool. Um, A-hole. So he's, he's struggling to, uh, to get you know, the roles he wants, and then Dan Harmon casts him in Community, right? That was, like the, uh, I guess, the last big thing Chevy Chase was in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And despite, of course, because this is Chevy Chase, despite the fact that he had been out of the public eye, except for in Sweden for a few years, <laughs> Chevy Chase seemed strangely ungrateful, and he complained about the long hours of uh, filming that were required for Community, wow. and his constant complaining started to annoy Dan Harmon. His uh, tendency to drop the N-word and oh, to mm-hmm. sort of be weird to the female cast members also didn't mm-hmm. make him uh, beloved amongst the Community cast or it, crew. It's so interesting because I did think his... His character was really funny on that show, and his he was so funny in contrast to the other guys. But clearly, I'm assuming Dan Harmon like was using like this is an old crusty, mm-hmm. shitty asshole, and him bouncing off these other you know much more optimistic and good hearted characters is funny. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. weird. Like but he was just yeah corralling him into the performance. Yeah, that thing of like a character like you know Alec Baldwin or like William Shatner had done it, where the guy. Or even Leslie Nielsen, like the one who used to be a serious actor now, is like they get that they're kind of funny and they play into it. Mm-hmm. It seems like Chevy Chase isn't able to to drop the the asshole part of it. I don't know. Hmm. His ego is just astronomical. Yeah, he yeah. thinks he's like God's gift to 
comedy. When you watch it, because his character even is, when he's like a hunk of shit old man with no rep well, anymore. Yeah, well, when you watch it, his character does seem to be like a pathetic old loser. So I think you imagine Chevy being humble, filming like self-aware. It, but it's interesting that he's probably just complaining and my character just on the him. show. Yeah, <laughs> he said the n word in front of like Donald Glover and what's the Ugh. Nicole? Uh, what's the other actress? But yeah. yes, yeah. Um, yeah, he just said it. God. Fucking like, yeah. He claimed that he was saying it in character while he was ad libbing lines as his character. But I, I, I don't know. It, who knows, right? Feels like a well for a guy who can't ad lib a fart. It feels like not a great ad lib yeah. that's likely to make it in the episode. I and would say he did ad lib yeah. a fart. It was basically <laughs> yeah. just a bad, bad, bad word he, he was so apparently so the kevin smith was looking to to do like a reboot of fletch in like oh yeah the 2000s, 2010s i think he wanted jason lee to be fletch that would have been actually pretty good well what i read is that he had some meetings with chevy chase and he was excited to like talk to him and like collaborate and work on it and he said that the meetings were a disaster and chevy chase the whole time just like schooled him on how he was not only responsible for like how funny fletch was but that he was basically responsible for the entire history of comedy and everything good that had happened ever like he really considers himself like he like he claims he invented the daily show or or satire like he just thinks sucks he's the originator well norm Macdonald had that one season of a talk show a few years ago on netflix and he norm Macdonald still i guess really looks up to chevy chase and you know when he got to be the news weekend update guy on snl it was because he loved Chevy Chase so much that he valued it so much. And so he had him on uh, the Netflix <laughs> Norm Macdonald talk show. But I swear, like, Chevy looked rough. He was, like, dressed kind of shabbily. He looked kind of exhausted. Yeah. But I swear, I th- maybe it's because Norm was, like, kissing his butt the whole time and admiring him the whole time. But Chevy Chase seemed funny and like <laughs> all right in that that one episode i swear hmm. but it, it's probably only because norm was literally revering him the whole time right hmm. crazy him what he wanted yeah you're probably yeah. right and speaking of that of, of he is funny in it though it's right. weird like he still is capable of being funny even though like we just established it doesn't seem like he's self-aware at any <laughs> point in his life hmm. um i skipped over the infamous 90s Chevy Chase talk show. Yeah, right? I 90- remember watching that on TV like, Me too. as a kid. Yeah, it was And wild. he would just play basketball as the credits rolled or something? Yeah, and he played like games with, you know, he invented the idea of playing games on a talk show. Yes. He would, yeah, race around audience members uh, and do that kind of thing. But it lasted five I, weeks before it was canceled. I, do rem- you can, I know you can look up clips on YouTube, and it is really funny. You can find Chevy Chase show clips. Yeah. And his weird, strange super weird sort of sense of humor we're talking about you could see it a bit in the show like i i don't know why this stuck in my mind but i remember that he played some sketch i guess and then the next night he played it again and he's like we're gonna play that sketch again on account of someone at home was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then nobody laughed and then the sketch was bad just like an odd (laughs) just an odd guy clearly also he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would like and as a kid, I'd watched it too because, like I said, at that point, up until that point, I was still like, Chevy Chase is like the best. Mm. And I remember that was the more than nothing but trouble. His talk show 
failing so miserably was my realization that it was over for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would make a guest look good at all. No. It His would whole be thing all is about insulting him. people. Yeah. Being super, I mean, all you have to imagine all talk show hosts are kind of egomaniacal, but like, he's not interested in anybody else, which seems to be a key ingredient in being yes. like a good host. Yeah. He just wants to find a way to make a jab at them. So that was 96? Uh, 93. It lasted oh, five weeks. Uh, it was on Fox. They renovated an entire theater and renamed it the Chevy Chase Theater for Jeez. him. <laughs> then it, it bombed and he, of course, blamed everyone but himself for, mm-hmm. the, uh, for the disastrous uh, ratings of the Chevy Chase. I remember show. still in my mind, because I was excited to watch it, how uncomfortable he looked in that position. <laughs> like he didn't look natural at all. It really all. is worth looking up if you yeah. have, haven't seen it. It's yeah. it's really you get why it was a huge bomb. Yeah. He was uncomfortable in his own skin playing that role. Mm. Which is funny because he dissed Johnny Carson earlier like I yeah. would never do this. Yeah. And then he did it and it was and terrible he and Johnny he Carson, shouldn't have done it. Johnny Carson was probably home going like, "Huh, uh, fuck uh hey, Ed, uh, fuck this guy. Fuck him." <laughs> Uh, looks like he did have some beans and uh, <laughs> is still not able to improvise a fart. Uh, yeah, looks like his fart turned into a whole show. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a disaster. And uh, some I imagine a lot of the people in Hollywood were a little happy to see him fail this way. Yes. You know? I wish we just had a bit more evidence of him being savage to people, but well, I guess we do get the idea. Well, Chris, that's interesting because... Oh. I'm going to go back to Community, right? So he was part of a, a popular-ish show, you know. And could have been really a resurgence for him as, a, as in his career. I mean, yeah. a big it, show. It well could have respected. been the Bill Murray thing we were talking yep. about. He was pulled out of obscurity, given a chance. How often does that happen? But, of course, he starts complaining to Dan Harmon about the long shooting hours as if he doesn't know how TV and film works. Um, and at the season three rap party, I guess a drunken Dan Harmon made what he referred to as a fuck you Chevy speech in front of the whole staff and crew. Chevy Chase was there. He trashed him in front of his wife and daughter. Chevy Chase, that's probably the last thing he wants to happen. Uh, And then he left the infamous uh, pissed off minute and 33 second voicemail where he calls Dan Harmon a fat drunk and tells him to suck his cock. (laughs) He's not going to live past 57 and that his writing sucks and the show is getting worse. Dan Harmon released this on the internet, and everyone made fun of Chevy Chase after that. Oh. There was another phone call, voicemail, where he told him, Chevy Chase told him why community sucked. So that voicemail, because I think I have heard it, that's available on the internet. The it Chevy is available Chase. on the internet, yes. We can even put a link to it. And so Dan Harmon uh, was affected by Chevy Chase's behavior on set day in and day out so much that he felt obligated to make that speech in front of everybody but yes he, he, at the rap party have you, you've been to a rap party we've all been to a rap party yeah. in this room imagine that someone like the show runner or something yeah singling out yeah. fuck you member. james you were such a shithead on this show yeah, like, i know your wife's here and your we kid. should also mention like dan Harmon has had to apologize for his behavior a bit a bunch right because yeah. that does i mean yeah. chevy chase sounds like a shitty guy it's a clash of two that feels sort of shitty too it's a clash yes. of two aggressively Jer- maybe jerky type of guys. Yes. Yeah. Um but Dan Harmon could have been his Wes Anderson. Yep. And he and he shat on it. It's he shat so, on it. He improvised a shit. And he didn't look good. Like Bill Murray still maintains 
a good like Bill Murray looking sort of charm looks about like his a, whole presentation. Yeah, he's older, but he looks. Or Chevy Chase looks like he, he his body grew into a demeanor of like spiteful anger. Yeah, like he kind of shaped like that. Does that make sense? Yes. He uh, he's not exactly. He doesn't look like a gym rat these days. <laughs> you know. And he also, in 2016, did go to another clinic to receive treatment for alcoholism. So I think he had some... Yeah. He had a few sips, you know? Hmm. Couple of pops in the basement. You know what? It wasn't me. It was... For 35 years, it was the booze. It could be a thing. Well, could be. Could be. Well, there's a... So Bill Murray was at... He's always asked about, like, do you... Are you guys still friends? And Bill Murray is diplomatic about it now. And he's like, everything's cool. Who knows if it is, but mm. he, there's a quote I was. I'm I sure read. it's not. And Bill Murray probably loves that he won. Yeah, he's clearly won. Yeah, because yeah. like if when Bill Murray shows up at a random party and starts serving pizza, everyone's like, "Yay!" If Chevy Chase showed up at a random party, he would be tackled. The police would be called. He'd be tased. He'd probably say some racist words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Bill Murray was like, "When you get famous, you got two years to be an asshole, and then if you don't get yourself together." You're like that forever. Uh, Bill Murray said that? Yeah, I've heard this before, yeah. And so I guess it's like taken to be like he's talking about mm. a certain someone named Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chevy didn't pull it back. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So wow. um, he's... But I've also heard like bad stuff about Bill Murray, too. Yes. No, everyone involved in this is has their stuff. <laughs> Human beings are complicated. Especially that Sherry O'Terry. Just kidding. Actually, I read Tracy Morgan's autobiography. He's mad at her and Chris oh, really? Kattan and Sherry oh, O'Terry were just actually joking. real jerks to him all the time. Oh, I and, was just uh, uh, kidding because it seemed such a no. I know, but it is true. Like I remember, they were so mean to. And where are they now? Too. He ends a chapter saying like talking about how badly they treated him, and he yeah. ends a chapter saying like this is when he was like yeah. on Thirty Rock and had specials and stuff. He's like yeah. Chris Kattan, Sherry O'Terry. Where the fuck are they now? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but then he has other chapters like the whole book he's praising Tina Fey over and over again for hmm. sticking up for him and caring about him and writing wow. for him. Hmm. But yeah, they were jerks. They were bullies on Saturday Night Live. Wow. Maybe that's why Chevy Chase hit her in the head. I don't know. But still, you shouldn't hit anybody. You either. shouldn't hit anybody. No, you shouldn't. In the head. Um, but huh. maybe Chevy Chase. Oh, great point, Chris. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think he's a real fucking jerk. So he's he's currently seventy seven, and uh, I I can't imagine they'll have him back to host SNL at any point. Although there was a profile of him a couple of years ago, where he was uh, walking his it was his daughter's wedding, and Lorne Michaels and some old friends had come to this wedding, and there was a scene in this profile where he's like begging Lorne. He's like, Lorne, I'm sober now. Can I please come back and host SNL? I'm ready to do it. And Lorne goes, Chevy, for God's sake. You're literally about to walk your daughter down the aisle. So he's like, I've his arm that, is yeah. linked, and his daughter. He's like, please, can I come back? Wow. Now? And um, poor guy. Like, I kind of feel bad for him because he's like one of those guys where his like hubris and and arrogance is beyond his control. Like, it feels like uh, it's just this sort of like Perhaps. it's like he's like a monster that can't even look back like he doesn't like raging bull when he's in the prison punching the wall and he's like why 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 Spoiler like, alert some of us haven't seen raging bull it, no right. really i haven't well it's been out since 1980 well i'm getting to it see the <laughs> flick i think that chevy chase behaves in the way that like i imagine like if a if a king 
or Prince was given a role on SNL and they just like had ne- had considered other people to be bugs their whole life. It does you know feel what? Like if I've had jo- some r- really rich friends in the past, like just by coincidence. And I remember the way they would joke about like poor people. I bet you it was pretty <laughs> fucked up. It does feel like if... Like they are bugs or rodents. It does feel like if Joffrey from Game of Thrones wasn't homicidal and got hired on SNL, that that's how he would treat people a little bit. You know, remember Joffrey? The Lannister boy who was mean? Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, cut out what I said about the rich <laughs> friends. That that sucked like shit, but you two said good stuff. One good thing about Chevy Chase's life, and I guess we're wrapping up here, um, is despite all he's been through and all the bad things he's done, he does look like an owl. <laughs> now, you know? Yes. Mm. You know what? What more can you ask for at 77? You're not going to be a hottie, probably. The least you can do is, you can ask for is, you hope you'll look like a damn owl. Who? <laughs> Who who hit you? <laughs> that owl couldn't improvise a fart if his owl ass opened up. <laughs> it's very telling that out of a whole long episode about Chevy Chase, Johnny Carson had the funniest line. That well came said. Out. Chevy Chase can suck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't improvise sucking my ass if I pulled my pants down in front of him and asked him to suck my ass. <laughs> I like the idea that Johnny Carson... I had a deep burning resentment of of Bob Hope and Chevy Chase. Right, the theme. two comedians that scare us because they were psycho. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Should I wheel out the uh, evil scale? Oh, did we bring evil. it to the cottage? I did. It's right uh, over uh, here. I'm just gonna wheel the oh, evil scale over. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, here don't we go. scratch this dude's floor. I know. I know. Well, so it's covered in bird shit. I know. I left it outside, and some doves pooed on it. Yeah. Um, so you guys poo. know how the evil scale works. One yeah. is least bad, ten is most bad. We go all the way from, uh, we always like to say, all the way from Urkel to Hitler. Yes, yes, and all points in between. Where do you guys put Chevy on the evil scale? Hmm. When do you guys take it? I'm going to think about I'll this take it first. Here's my read. Is he evil? I would say no. <laughs> he sounds like an asshole. Yeah. So I'd give him a 1.8. Really? That that Well, 2. I'll give him 2. I'm close to you too. I would say 2 because I'm sure I'm with you too. It's like I wouldn't brand him as evil. It was nice to discuss like somebody like that who's Yeah. ego has taken them out of control, but I bet I I would give him a 2 in the sense that for sure in the wake of at least 2 decades, he's probably ruined some people's lives. Maybe. Like, not killed them, not, like, savagely murdered anybody, but he's probably, like, ruined people's careers and lives just because they were in the wake of his temper tantrums. Mm, could be. It just feels like that. Yeah. Michael? I feel like I've read stuff. We got, we got a 1.8 and a 2. Now, uh, I'm going to go a little higher up the scale. I hope you guys don't mind. I'm just thinking of this, the punching people in the uh, head for no reason or belting them in the face mm. as if that's, like... um it's something like an alien would do who thinks they they understand what human humor is like. Yeah, but totally. Doesn't quite doesn't quite get the finer points of it. <laughs> and that's like only Sherry O'Terry and Rob Hubel is who we know of so far. Like it could have happened. It must have happened so much if he's done it before. Like yeah, yeah. And also Sherry O'Terry and Rob Hubel have to literally 
for the rest of their lives being like have a memory of Chevy smacking also, them. Sherry Terry is that's even sucks. if she was mean to Tracy Morgan, she's like a what five foot small. Yeah, she's a person. tiny woman. And I think Chevy Chevy Chase is like six three or something. He's a big guy. It's scary. Mm, Probably it's, like yeah. rattled her brain it's back an and forth in her skull. Thing to do. Yeah, I'm gonna put him at a seven. A seven. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> interesting. Our perceptions of like like Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Seven. I think the terrible was like ripping people in half. Uh, I think that Joseph Stalin a four because he did defeat the Nazis. Um, but yeah, okay. I'll put him a seven. I, like, I stick by it and I, like, I won't change it. Hell, seven point five. We've got oh, Mike. Jesus Christ. I, okay. I honestly want to say that. I love the brash attack of giving Chevy Chase a seven point five. We need to keep track. It's pretty of our, like wild. We need to keep track of where we're the you know the, where we're putting each each uh, topic on the scale. We do, yeah, we need like a binder yeah. with graphs. Yeah. We need to publish an official list that is available for peer review. Of great uh, idea. how we uh, rate people, and then we need to get it as one of Heather's picks at Indigo. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be nice to do uh-huh. if we did a movie series where we watched. Uh, some of Chevy's lesser known movies. I'm talking about Vacuum. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. God. Let's watch Vacuums tonight. It. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, Mr. S- what was it called? Something. Rented uh, Husband. Rent a. <laughs> tonight and, it's movie uh, night. Some other. Oh, Goose. Goose. Isn't we great to do? Outdoors, we make we spend a lot of money on advertising. We go like yeah. movies under the stars, you know, free drinks and popcorn, <laughs> yeah. and we like bring your family and friends, bring a car, make love, and yep. like tonight, at the Please last minute love. we announced like tonight's movie is as 1997's Vacuums, <laughs> starring Chevy Chase. Oh God. Well, Mike, great job. I I found that very interesting. Thank you, James. Uh, excellent work as always. Thanks. And um, everybody, thanks for listening, and join us next time on. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. <laughs>